the Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Welcome to another episode of On the Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Each week, she travels to incredible wine destinations, interviewing some of the Italian wine scene's most interesting personalities, talking about wines, the foods, as well as the incredible travel destinations. Emma, so great to see you. Natalie, hi, Natalie. Natalie Wang from Hong Kong, our friend. So first of all, welcome to the tasting panel. I'm going to quickly introduce you to our tasting panel. So, of course, you know Lan. And then we have Rebecca. She's our WSET educator in-house, our Italian wine ambassador. And then we have Christina, our in-house enologist. Then we have Susan. She's my friend and my classmate for diploma. And then we have Franco, who is our WSET school coordinator. Jacopo, our Italian wine ambassador and diploma student. Oh, my God. No, you, were, you did the course with Jacopo. Okay, and then, of course, you have Shawan. So, listen, this is our tasting panel. The reason we're doing this is because, you know, I've actually started the diploma program, okay? And so we started tasting all the different wines, and I thought, why don't we share, you know, the tasting notes, especially since we are going to, you know, go through the program together. So Shawan's doing the course with me, Susan is doing the course with me, and also um, Jacopo, he's a little behind, but he's doing the course with me. You know him, he's like, he takes time, and he's like the epitome of procrastination, but he's my classmate. So I thought that it would be nice to, when we taste the wines, that we do it together, so that we can also share with our students, because we also have the school here, the WSET APP. Okay, so we will also share with our students. So I'll just tell you a little bit about what we're tasting today. So we have, of course, our two signature wines, Emma Reserve. This is one. And also this is the other one, the Summit. These are actually her signature wines. So we will be going through these two wines uh, with the tasting panel today. So you're in (laughs) Shanghai now. Yeah, I'm in Shanghai. Okay, so listen, Lan and I came to Ningxia like three years ago. Yeah, maybe four years ago. It's been a very, very long time. And of course, we had a chance to visit Ningxia and we visited some of the wineries uh, as well as yours. But I think most of us have never been to Shanghai. And to be quite honest, how many of you have tasted Chinese wines before? Oh, this is amazing. You know why, though? It's because... They taste it here with us. Would you like to tell us a little bit about Ningxia uh, in general and where your winery is located? Thank you, Stevie, for this opportunity to be share a little bit uh, China wine and our family-owned vineyard, Silver Heights, where it's uh, close to the Mongolia, yeah, northwest of China, between the Gansu and the Shanxi province. And it's a very rugged place because we are surrounded by the desert. But very lucky we have the mountain, Helan Mountain, and the Yellow River to protect us from the Siberian cold and the desert. 
our family vineyard is called Silver Heights, and the name because of the city called Silver Valley, and Heights because the altitude. We are on the 1,200 meter above sea level. So Hula Mountain is like our father to protect our region from the Siberian cold and the Mongolian desert. And it is a very ancient mountain. Has been a lot of earthquake. So here's a alluvium from the Yellow River between the since a thousand thousand years. So we have a different kind of stones. The silt from flooding water, a flooding of a yellow river, and the quartz from the ancient mountain.、Uh, also some mica schist, also carbonate calcium、uh, limestone from the ancient ocean, like during the ice age. So on this plateau, we are living on this high altitude, one thousand two me two hundred meter above sea. And we plant the vineyard on the topest of the slope of the mountain. So when we came, when Lan and I visited you, it was、uh, in the month of December, actually, right? So when we visited、right. your vineyard, first of all, we didn't see any vineyard. What was up with that? Why didn't we see any vines? It was in December. <laughs> I remember. Yes, it was quite cold, and you were with your. Black mountain, all right. Yes, yes. Very courage. Yes, yes. That time nothing to see, and now as well, it's minus twenty at the moment. And we just had a snow、uh, two days before. Then all the vines should be buried underground, like fifty、okay, centimeters underground. Get to. So what do you do with your vines? I think people don't really quite get the challenging vineyard management situation that you guys have to really go through. So can you tell us a little bit about the vineyard management in terms of, especially the vine bearing and when that takes place, how long you do that for, etc. Because it's really labor intensive, right? Right. So yes, this is a very unique,、uh, extreme climate condition. That is nowhere in this world can happen. But this practice we do in our region already, already since one thousand years for the table grapes. So when we planted, planted the vineyard,、uh, we figure out that actually this is not problem at all、uh, because the vine trees they're very tough. <laughs> they seems to be good. They like dry and stonish place. They like.、Uh, we have some vineyard with very little earth on the, but only stones, different kind of colors of stones. But they can survive winter after winter. Of course, here's a mortality every year since the young vines we planted can be thirty percent dead, but we complant, so we replant. Once they could be survive. Means they are really strong. <laughs> That's why the the one we made is a little bit has the character, because they have sometimes with the extreme condition we could have also frost with the early spring. We could also have a lot of flooding water during the summertime, especially when the white grapes getting ripe. But it's it's、And、very also, dry, right? The the area. Yes, it's a very rugged place, very dry. But we are very lucky. We have a lot of water resource in our region. We have seventy-four lakes. It's very famous、uh, place, tourist place in our region. It's a sand lake, so it's kind of oasis. 
Uh, it's because during the ancient time, during the Ice Age, the mountain movement, we have a lot of depth uh, hole in, on the ground. So the water stagnant there. So the whole region is covered with lakes and the Yellow River. So we're very lucky to have these water resources. Is there irrigation from the lake to your vineyards? Yes, we use the irrigation system from Israeli uh, techniques because this is a fantastic system. We can uh, economic water. In same time, we can manage it. Uh, when the vines need a little bit, not too much. Does anybody know the Israeli system of irrigation? It's drip irrigation. How、right. does that work when you have to bury the vine? So you have to take off the drips before burying it as well. Yes, we、uh, usually in Europe you have a print. You print the vines in spring before <laughs> before summer. But we、right. in our region we have to print before winter time. So we、right. have basically only one trunk, <laughs> only one tree can be lie down like that, and we put the earth on it, top on it. How deep do you bury your vines? Oh, actually, it's a work between a family. Usually, it's a couple. So, wife stand on the vineyard vines with a <laughs> little bit of strength for, for for press them a little bit low. Then、right. husband put the earth on the vines. Not、and、on the in vines. The end, <laughs> yes, on the vines. <laughs> okay, listen. We are we are already thirteen、uh, minutes into the live, so I would like to start tasting the wines and then take some questions also from my panel. So tell us the first one we're going to be tasting. Are we going to taste the summit first, or am I reserved? Wonderful. We're going to taste the summit first. Okay, the summit first. So tell us、mm. a little bit about the wine, and then. And then I think we're going to start off a question from、um, Shawan. Decanting, because my wine usually opens through hours in advance. I better、oh. double decant. It's in a very uh, traditional uh, way to do it, and、uh, natural yeast fermentation since 2016. Then、uh, little sulfur. We do、uh, in our vineyard management organic. So for vinification, we do nothing past,、uh, less intervention possible. No filtration, no additive. So and、uh, a little hermandage, little uh, pumping up, uh, no oxygen almost. I know that yeast、uh, loves oxygen; they can finish the sugar. But we try to do only one time during the whole process of fermentation, just to preserve all the. Aroma molecules inside of the vines, so our consumer, once they open the bottle, they can keep it for three, four days, no problem. <laughs> Or open to appreciate the other process with the reductive、uh, aromas until the development step by step of the、uh, tasting. So this 2016 summit we tasting 16 is a very challenging vintage. Uh, we had a、uh, frost. We had flooding water. <laughs> we had very a、uh, lot of rain during summertime. So I call this vintage like a hero. Some year in Ningxia is quite uh, uh, similar, like uh, 2015, 2013, 2009.、Uh, easy make wine, sunshine, no rain, a lot of、uh, energy. Uh, easy to do organic wine, but for sixteen, eighteen, 
uh, as we do a biodynamic, we never do pesticide uh, with um, chemical things. So it was uh, sophisticated to manage the vineyard. <laughs> so would you consider your wines organic or biodynamic? Uh, we are certificate organic uh, with both uh, Chinese international and next year we get the European certificate. We are applying biodynamic certificate with uh, some tutor from Indian. <laughs> Shawan has the perfect question. Hi, Emma. So my question is like, how do you like make the connection between Tai Chi and biodynamic viticulture? Well, mm-hmm. it's a result of Taoism philosophy. You know, it's our mm-hmm. ancient wisdom. In our culture, we have 24 solar terms. Basically, it's agriculture planning in China. Traditionally, we're following the 24 solar terms, mm-hmm. which is uh, exactly every 15 days, it's a season. Tai Chi Chen, actually the movement we do, it's like the earth move himself and move around the sunshine. All the universe, cosmic universe, is like a vortex. It's always moving like this. That's mm-hmm. why you can observe the roses the flower of roses or other natural plant, they growing like a vortex. So Tai Chi movement is a vortex. In this harmony with universe, cosmic universe movement, you fix your body with energy of cosmic. You know, like a biodynamic preparation, we do uh, spray the, <laughs> the BD500 or BD501. We do like a infinity like eight right so it's uh, exactly the natural a lot of movement like that like the bees the bees fly always this movement right and tai chi chai is also the same so human being with this kind of movement it can fix uh, a lot of things my myself i studied about uh, biodynamic when i was got a problem with my back i had very hurt my back because of heavy bottles heavy grips a lot of work in the cellar mm-hmm. <laughs> since young age so one day i got a par- par- paralyzed because uh, i had my disc removed so the hospital told me that you have to go to operation otherwise you go to you will be handicapped all your life then my sister find a chinese traditional medicine just one time then it's fixed now mm-hmm. i can walk see i can walk i can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i can <laughs> do everything then i asked my doctor so magic what you did he said when I did this, is a uh, function of the yin and yang. It's a balance of yin and yang. Everything is uh, yin and yang. So in the, a very long time. So listen, I don't really believe in cosmology, to be quite honest. <laughs> Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show. We're going to move on to the second line. Lan is going to ask you a question because we have eight more minutes. Okay, Lan, go. Okay. (laughs) 
Nice to see you here. Hi, Lan. Lan, so how? I've been traveling very often in Ningxia when I was working in China. So we don't care about that. <laughs> I love Ningxia, by the way. Food one day. My question is actually about the region. So you are one of the pioneers of the region, of course, and you are also the face of the Ningxia wines, if you will. Um, my question is: Do you think Ningxia wine has a style defined already, or how how is your wine different from other star producers? Yes, yes. Well, Ningxia is a very young region since only twenty years we make wine. Then. Uh, for quality wine, we started only maybe uh, 15 years to really understand. I think it's a long way to have uh, figure out, but we are on the way to, 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 to try many experimentation, uh, different variety, planting different places. Um, my father started 1999. Uh, first thing I planted close to the Yellow River, where is a lot of uh, nutrition in the soil, so they could de- do a um, lot production, but the less quality. Then he moved to the desert. Then he's no uh, good quality neither. Then we moved to south of uh, Yingchuan, where is a lot of uh, stone, but big wind. So finally, we find out uh, our vineyard in Xiaingzi and Jinshan, now planted in the um, Yingchuan area. Uh, then we try different varieties. We think that in, uh, we, we, we don't know exactly what style. <laughs> still, still need to figure out. But we're so open far, to try are... different options. Right, right. Yes, I know in Ningxia, there's uh, many around 40 different wineries. They do great Marceline, they do great Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, some uh, good uh, sparkling wine like Shandong. Uh, we successfully made the Pinot Noir, which is got the James Sackley 94, 93. Yeah, Brian, Brian Neal yeah. commented on my Facebook saying that she makes great Pinot Noir <laughs> this morning. Right. He's mm. a great fan. Yeah, thank you. Then we uh, also, uh, our Chardonnay is not bad. Two times served to Stettina and got the 17 and 91 for Parker and the 17 for Jim Jesus Robinson. So I think it's a good good to try the cold climate varieties. So we don't know the style is, but in our region we also have good Marbeck Marceline or and uh, we try Tempanillo next year. <laughs> oh, really? So let's figure That's out later. Yes. So, you know, we are tasting these two wines. They're basically, you know, we can say Bordelais blend, right? So why was that your choice? These are your two signature wines. Number one, what is the difference in terms of winemaking and style for these two wines between the Summit and Emma's Reserve? And even before that, why did you start with the Bordeaux blend? Mm. I studied in 2007 with my father when I finished my study in Bordeaux. So it's naturally <laughs> what I learned from school. And Cabernet Sauvignon is the most easy planting variety, especially in our region, because we have uh, enough sunshine, enough temperature for these uh, late maturity grapes. So our first one is blended with Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot, uh, a little bit Chirois, Cabernet Garnish, the local variety. Then later we tried uh, other varieties to experiment. 
Okay, listen, I'm going to let Rebecca ask her question. Hi, Eva. I was interested Hi, in Rebecca. what you're considering planting for the future. Obviously, you've had this focus on Bordeaux blends, but I see that you've got a little bit of Riesling growing. I wondered if you're considering maybe 100% Rieslings or if there are other grapes that you have your eye on. Exactly. We tried also so Sauvignon Blanc, Italian Riesling, Italico, uh, then Riesling, Chardonnay, Viognier, Viognier from Northern Rome, uh, which are fantastic. It's a reflect a lot of minerality of our mountain soil. Then uh, our two white wine, Last Varus, blended with uh, all together because we don't have uh, many grapes and have style definitive. Only Chardonnay, 100%. Uh, we also try some Gamay, <laughs> a feature, and some Jalassi as well. So we don't know. In the future, Oshua, next year we are going to release Siha. Not the Shiraz like uh, full body Shihaz, but the Siha with uh, traditional method, a whole bunch of fermentation, carbonic maceration. Yeah, I'm quite happy, have a lot of fun with my little vineyard nursery. <laughs> Sounds great. I'm really excited. Thank you. Emma, we're going to kind of wrap it up. First of all, I want to give a huge shout out to Shirley Tan, who was who made the wines available to us. We got she helped us to get source your wines. Mm. So I, I don't know how she did that, but thank you very much for mm. organizing all of that. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, what is the situation now with COVID and the wine business in general? What is the latest? Can you give us a little bit of update from both Shanghai and Ningxia? Yes, COVID made quite damage for um, hotels. Until now, not too many Western people come over to China to travel. So hotel business is a little bit like a, uh, 40% job, but in a China, in a China business like online sales, it's uh, quite active. Uh, usually we have in vineyard on the tourist uh, that people come to visit us, um, start with uh, May, but this year start with uh, August. As here's uh, not, uh, not possible that people go outside of China, so people all come to Ningxia. So we were so busy to welcome them. Yeah, 3,000 visitors came during two months. For us, little one. Oh my God, that's a lot for Ningxia, right? That's crazy. A lot of work to do, but I'm happy to share. People come to have a glass of wine or... Yes, so actually we increased 40% of our sales. Also this year... Even epidemic, we export 16 countries, including UK, US, Norwich, some Italy, <laughs> Italians. So we are happy that people welcome Chinese wine and give us possibility to show another kind of style. <laughs> Listen, Emma, thank you very much. One last, last, last question. You know, I, I yeah. posted your picture with you on um, the sidecar. Did you see that on my Instagram? Mm. Where, is that from your wine? Oh, ah, yeah. What, what was, are you actually going around the vineyard with your sidecar? What, what is the story with that? Yeah. Uh, well, in Ningxia, here's a lot of people travel with motorcycles. So they come to our vineyard. Mm, I don't have motor, but they come very often. So we're friends. Sometimes they pick me oh, up. So that's not yours. It's somebody else's. <laughs> you, just, you just took a picture. Right. It's a photo off. 
friends here. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes they pick me up, and we just go two days in the desert. <laughs> okay, that sounds great. So sleeping in the dark desert.、Mm. We are going to organize a trip, a tasting panel to Ningxia. Okay.、So. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes, as as we can travel. Thank you for that. Let's say goodbye to Emma. Bye. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you for joining us on another installment of On the Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Join her again next week for more interesting content in the Italian wine scene. You can also find us at ItalianWinePodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. You can also check out our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, to watch these interviews and the footage captured of each location. Chin chin.